You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to another edition of Golick and Smetty. I am Mike Golick Sr. She is Jess Matana. We... we Jess, we definitely have some serious stuff to talk about down where you are uh, with, you know, the possibility of the hurricane approaching, how it's going to affect sports. But, I mean, it it obviously goes beyond sports. Um, But right now, before we get into the sports part of it, what what is – and obviously this is being taped earlier in the week. Where where are we with everything with, with the hurricane in the path? Well, luckily, I'm I'm based out in Miami, and we're going to miss the the worst of the hurricane. But we've already had tons of flooding here. It's rained nonstop for like a day, Mike. It's crazy. I had to move all my my plants indoors. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of scary. I'm still not. I'm not a native South Floridian, so this is like I'm always like, oh my god, what am I supposed to do? And then all my coworkers make fun of me, and they're like, well, unless it's a category four or higher we don't do anything and that just seems irresponsible but yeah i I went out to the store and bought some waters because i'm i'm a little a little squeamish but yeah it sounds like tampa is going to get hit pretty hard so we're definitely thinking about all the people that are going to be going to be impacted by it and and hopefully it doesn't do as much damage as as you know might be predicted to do so hoping hoping those people are all right yeah we'll we'll talk about that a lot from the, the sports side of it but certainly the life side of it is way more important. You mentioned something interesting there. A few things before we get into that. You moved your plant inside. So, mm-hmm. okay, I, I mean, I get it. Now, I know you're not from there. So this is, is this a plant that you got down there that is still supposed to be outside? Or all of a sudden you're doing this taking care of plant thing or moving well, them around? What are you doing? Yeah, you know, Mike, like, we're supposed to get heavy wind gusts, and I don't want my, my plant to get hurt. And then there's also, like, the very small possibility that like a wind will pick up this plant and like slam it into my window, right? So it's kind of like you got to be extra careful for property, but also like I don't want I don't want my plant to get hurt. I care about this plant deeply. I brought it back to life several times uh, after going out of town and abandoning it, and so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that it it does better inside than outside during the storm. So we we were chatting a little before we started this, and you travel with your plants. Is that correct? Well, not all of them, but like, yeah, when, when I moved to Miami, my boyfriend and I did bring plants with us because we didn't want to leave them behind. And sometimes when, you know, we're going on a trip out of town somewhere or driving somewhere, we'll bring maybe one or two with us just to, to keep it safe. Is that, is, do you not do that? I, I so I, I'm, I'm, I don't understand all this because, so... <laughs> We're in South Bend right now. We bought between South Bend and Arizona, and we have a 
Uh, we have the, the Sprinter van to drive because we have the three dogs, which is a lot great, of fun. Great we, we, van, by the way. I've been in the van now. Yeah, it's Love very, the van. very, yeah. Very it is nice a, van. It's a great way to travel. I dig it. But so when we're going from Arizona to South Bend or South Bend, Arizona, we, we obviously have the dogs in there. We have some of the things we're going to take. And I'll be damned if my wife doesn't put, we don't have like five or six plants <laughs> that we're transporting back and forth. I'm like, we can get plants out in Arizona. We got plants here. You know, why, why do we have to go between the two places and, and take them? I, I don't understand that. I got a fucking van full of plants. Well, you're not going to just, like, leave them and let them die, right? Well, I mean, there are plants outside in would your you landscaping. Leave, you, but, Mike, would you leave your and, pets behind? A, 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 pet, a plant is not a pet. And there are there are plants in the landscaping that die, and then you replant the next year. I mean, it's isn't it circle of life? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I I mean the, the the stuff we're transporting, I I, I don't understand it. I, I and so I would imagine your boyfriend hates doing that, right? Tell me he doesn't. No, this is all this is all his fault. Like he's the one who started all. He of doesn't the plant. really. Yes, he he has a green thumb. He loves plants, Mike. I shit you not, my boyfriend visited my family in Chicago last fall. He was in town for the Notre Dame-Wisconsin game. We went to a right. forest preserve. He took acorns home with him to plant to see if he could grow an oak tree out of his apartment. Like, he's very invested in growing plants. He's currently growing an avocado tree from an avocado he ate and decided he wanted to see if he could get it to sprout. Like we've got plant experiments. He dries seeds from like peppers sometimes to plant. Like we have science experiments happening at all times in the kitchen with him and all his little plants and, and so, sprouts. Yeah. So, so he is, he transports the plants and it's kind of his thing. I mean, yes, when you're driving them up. Oh my God. I, yes. We, uh, we stayed with his parents for a little bit during the pandemic at the beginning and he before even like packing up the you know toilet paper and the clorox wipes and everything he got the plants ready yeah wow I, okay I, 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 do we think i'm the minority yes. in this yes i think well really? i thought you were gonna say do you think i'm the asshole and i was gonna say yes i do <laughs> i think that you need to care for your plants better mike i really do i think you need wow. to invest some more time into gardening mm -hmm. I, I don't i don't have to because my wife does it and whenever we make that run to home depot or whatever to get plants it's the worst time of the year for me i i hate it <laughs> i i am so i mean i'll go and i'll be the mule and i'll carry everything and i'll help dig and i'll help plant but i'm not gonna lie i don't enjoy it and i certainly don't enjoy you know, transporting 20 plants, you know, in my van back and forth from Arizona to South Bend. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say no to my wife because we know happy wife, happy life. So, you know, I'm just going to do it. But I, I, I thought I was I thought I was the majority in this, but it sounds like mm -hmm. I'm not. No. And you know what? My dad loves gardening. He really always, when I was growing up, he would always make me help him plant things in our yard. I, I really think that you're you're just you need to tap into gardening and and plant health because I think you'll find a hobby that is both enriching and rewarding, Mike. Especially when you can grow your own food, growing a little zucchini, a little tomato. It's just ah, oh, what's better? Mwah. I love gardening. Well, I'm going to say this, Jess. I'm about to turn sixty, so that shit ain't happening. <laughs> okay. I, I will. I will not Fair be picking enough. up. 
I will not be picking up gardening at Can't 60. Can't teach you old dog new tricks, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So there's one other thing before we jump into the sports world a bit. Um, I saw a picture of you on Instagram mm-hmm. paddleboarding. Yeah. Now, paddleboarding, one thing. Pad- paddleboarding, I-, I haven't done it a lot. My wife does it. She enjoys it. But the thing that now I'll fall off occasionally and all that kind of shit. But when I saw the picture of you, it's like, you had a ton of stuff on the paddleboard, like you yeah. were transporting it. Yeah. How can you do that knowing, and do you never fall off? I mean, does it never get windy? I mean, wouldn't you lose the shit that's on your paddleboard? I, I was, it was like you were like moving stuff. Like you put all your personal belongings right. on a paddleboard and was right. going across the sea. Yeah, so here's an admission, Mike. Um, paddleboarding, very difficult, like you said. Yeah. Falling a lot. Uh, I had like a sun shirt and a water bottle and a fanny pack with my phone in like a little Ziploc baggie and I had it like strapped to the paddleboard. Um, I stood up for about four seconds the entire hour that I was out there, got a really cute picture for Instagram and then went back down and sat and paddled on the rest of the time. Really? That shit is so hard. And not only did I not want to dunk my phone underwater, even though like it would have been fine because you know, it was in a waterproof bag, but my friend's phone was also in my bag. And I was like, I don't want to deal with this. Like she's going to be mad if her phone goes under and we can't find it or something. There was like, you know, it's, it's Miami, Mike. There's mega yachts going by. There's going by. I've paddle. I've st- I've done stand up paddle like in New York in like you know calmer waters. Calm water, right, right. And it's it's difficult, but it's doable. This was like this wavy the whole time. So I was like, no, no, no. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna pretend like I did it for the Instagram. I did. Ah, Fooled everyone. Okay. Got a lot oh, of comments. You did. Like, wow, that looks so hard. Like, how do you do that? I'm like, wow, I must just be really good at stand-up paddle. No, I sat on my ass the whole time. It was very difficult. I'm, I, you know what? Thank you for admitting it because you, you got a good <laughs> shot. So that's it. You were going for the one good shot, but yep. you fooled everybody because that's the, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, my God, how is she not losing the stuff on her paddleboard? Yeah. Okay, good explanation. I, I appreciate that. I would have, at one point, I I mean, I stood up a few times just to, like, see, like, can I do this? No, I can't. All right, I'll sit back down. At one point, I was so afraid while doing it that, like, I gave myself heartburn. Like, I was standing on the paddleboard, and I was like, this is so, I'm so afraid of falling in that now I have, like, debilitating heartburn. And then I sat back down. Oh, my God. It's not like you're going to lose your, it's not like you're going to lose your life on it. I know, but I was scared. I don't like, I don't like falling into, I've always had this, like, weird thing with water since I was a baby. I don't like getting my face wet. It's fine. I just, I'm afraid to fall in, and it is what it is. So The, the truth of the last two minutes uh, juxtapose with that one single picture. Yeah. Tell two completely different stories then. <laughs> Someone actually commented on my picture and they're like, I feel like you're facing the wrong direction. And they are 100% right because oh, I, was really? not, I, I was not actually paddling. I was just like trying not to fall so I could get a split second to take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge phony. I don't care. Whatever. Oh, good for you for admitting it. That's, that's, I, I, that, that's impressive. All right. All right. That's something I, 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 had, I had to find out. Okay, on to the, uh, listen, we had great college football, great NFL again, and we always know that, that football is, is going to lead the way, uh, especially during football season, even in the offseason sometimes. But we have a couple of, of things that are going on kind of off the field, one with a current um, person involved and one with a former. 
This uh, Ime Udoka story, the the head coach for the Celtics, well, not this year, uh, as he is going to be suspended for the entire season uh, because he had a, an intimate relationship with somebody who works for the organization, and that is a no-no there. Um, you know, th- there was a lot. This happened a bit ago, and there's been a lot of talk on it. Now, you and I have not had a chance to talk about it, so I I want to I want to start with you and just kind of give me your thought on it on on the timing of it coming out of him being suspended for the entire year, as opposed to being fired, like some other companies would do just, just where you stand on this. Yeah, I guess like, I don't really know what to think yet because we still haven't heard a lot of information about what transpired. And so I thought that the way the reporting came out was kind of unfortunate because at first Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN tweeted that he was, facing discipline for, for some violation of team rules. And then Shams, who's a you know, NBA reporter from The Athletic, tweeted that it was because he had a quote-unquote consensual relationship with another Celtics employee. And then for 18 hours, we didn't hear anything from anyone. And so what happened on social media was a lot of people started posting photos of various Celtics right. employees trying to figure out who, who did what. And it was very gross because a lot of people got kind of you know, dragged under the yeah, bus. Thrown under the bus. Yeah. Thrown under the bus. Yeah. And so the Celtics then had a press conference and they still haven't really revealed what their investigation showed or what really happened. Emi Odoka hasn't said anything since. They've only said that he's been suspended for the season. I like, we still don't know what really transpired or when people found out or who was involved or, or what. So I really don't know what to make of the story. I do know that he. <laughs> Is a, has been a very successful coach there. Um, the players didn't find out until Twitter, like the rest of us, because they had their opening press conference yesterday, the Celtics players, and a few of them said that they were very surprised and they still don't know what happened. And so I'm, I'm still very unsure what to make of all of it until I read more about it. And, and I'm also a little surprised, Mike, that more hasn't come out since Thursday. So, and and for those who don't know, he's engaged to someone else. Um, so, uh, you know, this obviously is a personal issue with him, but it's becoming public. So, I guess let me ask you this, and, and I agree, we don't know if we know the whole story, but let's take the story at face value right now, that he had an intimate relationship, a consensual relationship, and that's what we've heard again with an employee, which, again, is a no-no in that organization. It's a no-no in a lot of organizations. So if we just take it at face value, are you good with the year suspension? Do you think it should have been less? Do you think he should have been fired? I really, I again, like, I don't know. So there was also, I should mention, there was also a report in The Athletic that said that it was a consensual relationship, but there was also a unwanted comment made toward an employee. And that's where I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of of any of it and who who is calling the relationship consensual is it someone close to the head coach of the celtics or is it someone close to the person that's involved in it and so yeah i i really don't think i can make any sort of judgment on it i know that like you said a lot of workplaces are not okay with relationships among employees especially when it's a you know subordinate relationship and and if he's the head coach chances are he's probably having a relationship with someone who works for him or is you know, has a, a, you know, lesser position with the team, for lack of a better word, um, isn't isn't as high paid or as high status as he is. So, 
Yeah, like without knowing any of that, like I think this is a situation where the details matter and there's a lot of gray area, right? So I really can't say whether or not the punishment fits the crime or not. I also like don't, I don't get to decide that anyways. But it seems like he's a well-liked person who's been very successful and for them to suspend him, they probably, it doesn't seem like something the Celtics would have wanted to do, right? It seems like they probably would have, preferred not to have any of this happen so I'm not really sure what to make of of any of it or whether or not he'll even be back in a year whose side you know you take in the situation who's calling it consensual who's not you know it's just it's kind of just a mess yeah it, it is and I think one thing we do know that if he finished last in the conference last year that or he'd probably be fired yeah, we know how that works, you know, right? The better you are as a player, coach, or whatever part you do for an organization, the, mo- the, the more lead kind of line you get. Uh, so maybe that's one of the reasons, because a lot of people are saying he should have been fired immediately. I also read a, a lot, you know, again, because it's instant reaction when you read on Twitter, there's a ton of people that are like, that's between him and that woman. If it was, again, I, I'm, I'm taking it at face value until we find out more. And I, I, I'm, I'm saying... No, I'm not saying, but by the report saying it was consensual, that a lot of people are saying that's their business. You know, that that shouldn't have any effect. Uh, there shouldn't be any discipline at all. But, I mean, I really think people do need to understand there is the hierarchy of if right. you are, if it's a subordinate of yours, I mean, the power that can be wielded there uh, is is a lot. So, I mean, I, I get it why why you shouldn't have relation. And, and I understand the one side in a vacuum of saying if you're two consenting adults, and you want to have a relationship like I know where at, at and I know in a lot of companies, I know at ESPN, it was like you needed if you were having a relationship with somebody within the company, you needed to go tell right. your bosses or HR or something. So everybody knew what was going on. Right. Um, but the, there, there has to be some, you know, some rule or, or some situation like that where you're telling people because there, there's too much that can go on with, with a power situation. And there's also like other employees at the company who might be affected by if someone has a relationship with another person at the workplace. And that's why in a lot of companies you have to like disclose your relationship because now if these two people are are dating, they might make the workplace uncomfortable for everyone else in a number of ways. And I'm not saying that that's what happened here, but these are all things that you have to consider at work, you know, is, is this person treating this person differently now? Is it awkward for the other employees? Are there weird things being said and done at work? Like who the hell knows? And that's why I think there's a lot more to the story. And until we find out more details, like I'm, I'm kind of good not making any sort of judgment on, on the punishment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. 
New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Yeah, because we have to believe there's going to be more information coming out, and the punishment's already been set. And I think a, a valid point you make, and I've heard others make it as well, is even after the year, we'll see if he's even going to be around uh, after that or not. So we just have to kind of kind of wait and see. But I know you and I hadn't had a chance uh, to talk about it. Uh, so, again, he'll be, uh, be not coaching for the entire season, and we'll see if more info comes out about it. Speaking of more info now coming out, I mean, there's a whole – and it is amazing about people and sports figures that who are getting in trouble. They'll always say, oh, you talk about this guy, but you don't talk about that guy. And we're hearing so many people saying, oh, man, you talk about this athlete or that athlete, but nobody's talking about Brett Favre and what he's doing and, you know, the trouble he's getting in. And, and it is what, – what a situation that is with Brett Favre and now even more information – uh, coming out, but again, the, you know the the basic story. If people haven't you know been diving into it, of him supposedly using money for, you know, the poor, underprivileged people to help build a a first a volleyball um, stadium, volleyball yeah. arena, whatever it is, uh, at Southern Miss. And then now there's more coming out that was talking about a football facility as well and money that he supposedly pocketed for doing nothing. Do you feel like there's not been enough? discussed about this and Brett and if in fact this is all true that the trouble he could and should be in um I can't really speak to like how thoroughly it's been covered or not because on on the Levitard show I think we've covered it pretty well we had Anna Wolf who's a Mississippi Today reporter who's been on this case for years on the show last week and she did a really good job breaking it down so if you want more information from her I would I would check out that episode but um yeah, Mike, I think this is a huge story. Um, and if if he gets indicted, I think it will be a even bigger, more massive story. Because right now, like, all these text messages are becoming yeah. available of him texting with the former governor and, and saying, you know, he hopes that, you know, will the media find out where this money came from? Things like that that seem very, if not like, you know, incriminating at least like really shady, right? <laughs> so it's just like a really, really gross and ugly situation. Like this money was supposed to go towards people who need immediate poverty assistance and relief. And he wanted to, you know, build a volleyball arena at his daughter's college and potentially this football facility and, and attract, you know, football recruits. And so yeah, I, I really hope people are, are reading about it and, and talking about it because I don't the, the other thing is, like, I don't really know what what you do about it. Say he's not indicted and there is no, you know, right. nothing happens. He he pays a fine or whatever. Like no one's ever been kicked out of the NF, or the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Right. Um, he's not currently involved in in too many like sports related things i know i, th- I think he had like a serious xm show yeah, that got suspended they paused they paused that and there was one other thing that got paused as well and that was the other issue people comparing like athletes of today who are getting in trouble i said you can't do that i said you know look at different sit- situations i mean you look at the celtic situation with uh uh you Udo- udoka that that's that's a team decision that's not an nba decision that's a team decision. You look at the Deshaun Watson situation, that's a league 
rule. That's a league discipline, not a team discipline, but a league. And then you look at the Brett Favre situation. That's a that's a yeah. uh, federal. I mean, that that has nothing to do with a league or a team. So right. to compare any of them is somewhat ridiculous. I mean, if nothing happens to him legally, then nothing is going to happen to him because it's right. not like some league is going to step in or team right. and discipline him. And, you know, we when when the law, like we saw in Deshaun Watson's case. They were, didn't indict him. It still went to the league, and he still got suspended. So there were still punishments that were involved. With Brett, it's either going to be he's going to be indicted, and it's going to go federally you know, to a crime, or nothing is going to happen. So we just have to wait and see. Well, I think one, one potential repercussion that is within our control is you know, not, not treating him with the same uh, veneration that we give a lot of former athletes. Uh, he doesn't deserve that. If I, if all of this is true, he certainly will not ever be coming on this podcast. <laughs> we don't no, have to. That's we true don't about have that. To, we don't have to treat him like he's you know this great amazing person. If all of this is true, but yeah, like you said, there's. I'm not really sure. Like other than legal ramifications, which may still happen, this is currently under investigation. I think there's a lot more to the story that will be, you know, reported uh, as more information unfolds. Like he's not a current player or a current owner or current coach. Um, So, yeah, his reputation is really the main thing that's getting damaged here, as it should be if this is all true. He he is alleged to have done a very, very terrible thing. And and then again, things being taken away. You have current athletes that may lose sponsors like we saw, you know, golfers that went over to the live. They lost their sponsors and things like that. We see he lost a radio show. You're not going to get kicked out of the Hall of Fame. I mean, my God, you look in the the Hall of Fame at some of the players in there and some of the things that have been done. uh, And and that's not what you do. It's not you're not you're not going to get kicked out of there. And listen. He could come on the pod if, if he wanted to talk about, you know, the, the shit he did. You know, we, we, we wouldn't be wouldn't be coming on the pod to sing his praises for his career. That's 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 said and done. That was all on the field, and he deserves the Hall of Fame for that. But he, he'd be having to talk about, you know, some of this stuff and, and what he was doing because, man, I mean, $1.1 million earmarked for, you know, welfare and for underprivileged to, to go to a volleyball arena was just – you read some of those texts and you're just like, wow, I mean – and, and again, you're texting this. I mean, yeah. boy, oh boy. I mean, a- anything you put down in print, it's, I always love the tweet when somebody tweets and then they delete it. Sorry, not deleted. <laughs> that, that tweet was out there. Usually somebody got a screenshot of it or something, and it's like it's not going away. You know, that's why I always said in Twitter there should be like a 10 to 20 second delay when you hit send you have another 10 or 20 seconds before it actually sends where you can if you go oh shit maybe i shouldn't do that and you can actually <laughs> stop it from going out there yeah well it, it seemed like uh seemed like from reading these text messages brett Favre meant what he was doing and yes. saying and that's the ugly part um i'm sure there will be more to it again it's like there's no there's no silver lining. It's a pretty disgusting thing that he's being accused of, of doing and taking part in. So we'll definitely, you know, update that story as more comes out. But it, I think it's a big news story already. If there is criminal reper- repercussions for him, yep, it's yep. going to be a massive, massive, you know, just it'll yeah, be, every- it definitely it'll be is. everywhere. Yeah. All right, let's, let, let's jump into some actual sports and, and enjoy it and not talk about some of this 
garbage that's going on. College football, uh, another big week. The, the the top, basically the top in the country hasn't really changed, though. It could have been close. Clemson's still sitting there at number five, and they had to go to overtime to beat Wake Forest. I mean, what a what a game that was. Uh, Georgia, though, you know, the, the top five is Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson. The biggest story of the weekend was right down in your backyard. I mean, Middle Tennessee State, another one of these teams collecting a check, you know, to go down and, and, and get beat up upon by a big-time team, went to Miami and beat the Hurricanes. I mean, it has to be, had to be stunning news down there. Oh, my gosh, Mike. It was crazy. Middle Tennessee has never beaten a ranked team in the history of their program. Came into Miami. Miami's had a rough start to the season. They started the season with... I believe uh, Bethune-Cookman and I think Southern Miss, which was ironically the school we were just talking about, though I could be wrong. And yes, and they- no, it was. It was Cookman and it was Southern Miss. They won 70-13, to 30-7. to 7. Then they lost to Texas A&M right. and they lost 45-31 to 31 to Middle Tennessee. They went to Texas A&M, kicked five field goals, made three, lost. And then this was supposed to be like the rebound game, like, all right, we're back at home, we're playing against – Conference USA team will get back in rhythm, get the season back on, you know, on the rails. And then Middle Tennessee, there's Mike, I don't know if you looked at the, the stat line for the Middle Tennessee receivers, but I think their leading receiver had, uh, he was averaging like 88 yards per reception because he had two catches for like 169 yards or something like that. Like this quarterback was just throwing bombs the whole game. So it was a. It, they were uh, Middle Tennessee. I think they were twenty-five point underdogs. They yeah. beat Miami. Miami was ranked twenty-fifth. I mean, they probably shouldn't have even been in the top twenty-five uh, after the three games to start the season. But now they're certainly not ranked anymore. This is obviously a, a huge blow for them in the first season of Mario Cristobal's coaching tenure. Um, but yeah, it was just it was one of those games that I don't think many people were watching because it was on ACC no. Network. But it was uh, totally like Middle Tennessee, just their offense was so fun to watch because this quarterback was just like throwing bombs, Mike, and all for touchdowns. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. I, Middle Tennessee, they, they, the Blue Raiders got it done. Chase Cunningham is a quarterback, 16 to 25, 408 yards, three touchdowns and interception. You mentioned the receivers. One had two catches for 169 yards. Another had four catches for 130 yards. And another had one catch for 69 yards. So, yeah, just just hoisting the ball. And Miami getting beat deep over and over again. They have a bye this week. And then they play North Carolina, the team Notre Dame just, just uh, uh, beat. But, man, they, they have to be licking their wounds after that one. in Middle Tennessee, you know, it's already happened a few times this year. Thank you very much for the check. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll be on our way now. Happened in Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, Deep, yeah, deeply yeah. familiar with it. But, yeah, Mike, the Clemson-Wake Forest game was, was awesome. I've already complained several times about the Yankees live cut-ins during that game. Right, right, so right. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole again. Um, I'll just say that if – if your network is airing a game among ranked teams that is very close and people are tuned in to watch it, there's probably a reason they chose that game and not the baseball game that the baseball player is tying a AL record in. Yeah. Just saying. Listen, I, I love that, that they cut in at times, but if you cut it in at a bad time, 
Exactly. That's obviously that, they that's couldn't during a touchdown yeah. and a two point yeah. conversion to tie the game. All right, I'm, yeah. I've already said this enough. I've said this enough. We don't need to go down the rabbit hole again. I, I'm with you there. I, I understand the cut in at times because cutting during the commercial for Christ's sake. But I know it, they it, probably it, can't it, do that, but right, right. It's a monster moment, and you know what? Just bad timing award that it happened during that that particular time uh, of the game. And our alma mater got a. Thankfully, an easy win. That was one of the, that was one of your comments. I know in your fake Instagram picture uh, was <laughs> was Pittsburgh game was over, Notre Dame won, so you, nothing could bother you or something no. like that. Notre yeah, Dame's yeah. offense offense looked great. I mean, North Carolina's defense looked pretty terrible. Awful. But oh, they're awful. You still, yeah. you still yeah. like need to capitalize playing against bad defenses. If you're if you've got your backup quarterback in now, Drew Pine for the rest of the season, he's starting and. I thought it was. I thought Notre Dame had a great game plan offensively. Like I, I got tricked out on a few plays. So did the cameraman. There was one Lorenzo Styles touchdown off a play action pass from Drew Pine. Cameras were in the backfield, and right. Lorenzo Styles was catching the football in the end zone, and I was totally misdirected, Mike. There was also a, a wheel route uh, that was a, for a touchdown that Tommy Reese called. There were a couple, you know, QB designed runs. I, I actually maybe only one, but. It was successful. I did you see anything in that game that gave you more hope for the rest of the season? Well, I, listen, I, I what I had said about this team, I, I think maybe we overvalued them. A lot of people thought that by saying they started out at number five in the country, but you know that way you got a top five matchup in the first game with Ohio State if you put them number five. Um, True. That the old line had young guys at tackle, and even though they got Harry Heastan, the coach back, may take some time to develop, and they're developing. Certainly now going to a backup quarterback, it's going to take time for him to start to do his thing. I think the running game will continue to improve, and so will the wide receivers, which is a big question uh, before the season. Michael Mayer continues to prove, you know, he's, if not the best, you know, the right there with uh, Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia, as the two best in the country, and Mayer will be the first tight end off the board in the draft uh, this year. So uh, it, it was a good game for them, and I think they'll keep improving. So they have a bye this week, and then uh, I'm going to Vegas. Me and yeah. my wife will be in Vegas for the for the BYU, the Shamrock Series. So I, I think it's a, it's a good thing that they're just going to keep improving through the year. Uh, probably keep us, you know, on edge in a few games still. Obviously, you have Clemson. I think B- BYU had been playing well. I know they slipped up some. USC looks really good uh, right now. And uh, so we'll see. Got to give them a, a little bit of good, good games coming up this week. Kentucky, 7 Kentucky at 14 Ole Miss, 2 Alabama, 20 Arkansas, uh, 10 North Carolina State at 5 Clemson. That game, to me, is going to be really interesting because Clemson – is sitting at number five, but I think they're a shaky number five. I'm not too sure about them. So I think this will be a good matchup for them. Uh, I think so, too. I think one thing we should pay attention to, obviously we talked about the, the massive storm. That may impact the game if it's over the Carolinas on Saturday. There's already been a few games that have moved this weekend. South Carolina and South Carolina State are, are moving to Thursday night to avoid the storm. Mike, uh, I was at that Clemson-Notre Dame game in 2015 where there were oh, yeah. remnants of a, of a storm <clears throat> kind of hovering over Clemson's campus the entire night, dumping buckets of rain on us. Uh, it was crazy. They played in it despite the fact that I thought it could get canceled at any moment because they, you know, it was like a once-in-a-century storm over South Carolina. And so that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Hopefully everyone you know, stays safe and there's not too much flooding or damage but uh like you said clemson is a shaky number five though that wake forest game was was a test for them like they have yeah 
a few members of their your defense that were out that were getting picked on by Wake Forest and Sam Hartman's got a hell yeah. of an arm and was really picking apart the Clemson secondary. But at the same time, like Clemson's a team that if DJ Uyunglele is playing well, which he was on Saturday and finding open receivers, he was holding onto the ball, but he was finding open receivers and that's what he's got to do. Like if they're, if he's playing well, they are, I think a top five team. And so it, it depends how the offense is able to, you know, keep it together against NC state. Um, but you know, they'll have home field might have some bad weather, but it's going to be an exciting game. I think game yeah. is going to that one too. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Sam Hartman. It's interesting to talk on him because everybody, you see what he's doing. I covered him last year. Some, and, but everybody keeps saying, oh, it's the offense he's playing and let's see what he could do, you know, in the, when he gets to the NFL. That, that's going to be interesting because it's a shame when you're playing well and you get still get questioned because of the, yeah. the system that you're playing in instead of like, hey, this is what he's asked to play in and he's dominated. So right. I guess it can be a fair question at times, but you got to give the guy his due for what he's doing so far. Yeah, absolutely. And now they're playing against Florida State, who is back in the rankings again. There they are. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of good a lot of good games this weekend, and you know what the best part is, Mike? Notre Dame is not one of them because uh, we get to relax on Saturday. We get to relax, and so the the, the heart rate won't be up nope. uh, this week uh, for us anyway in college. In the NFL, going to be an interesting week. I am actually supposed to cover for Westwood One the Kansas City at Tampa Bay game Sunday night. It's a Sunday night game, NBC game. So still waiting to hear what's going on there. For those that don't know. Um, Tampa Bay is going to go to the Miami Dolphins facility. Miami plays on Thursday, so they'll be out of their facility Wednesday traveling. Uh, so the Tampa will get there on Wednesday, and they're going to practice the rest of the week there. And then, obviously, the league and everybody is monitoring the situation. It's one of those where I think two two things, Jess, will either be played in Tampa maybe in a different day unless unless the storm isn't hitting and played there, or it'll be played somewhere else. So it's just a matter of waiting to see what the path of the hurricane is going to be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you mentioned Miami, Mike. We already talked about the Miami-Middle Tennessee game, but the Miami Dolphins NFL oh. game this Sunday was one of the most bizarre and maybe exciting of the weekend, although only the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter were were exciting. The rest of the game, it wasn't really like the offensive shootout that I think fans were hoping for. Tua obviously got hurt. Um, I'm wondering what you thought about that. Tua got hit on a play, hit his, looked, looked like he hit his head on the field and then got back up, stumbled, went to the locker room. Um, the team is saying and he is saying that he his back locked up and was hurt from an earlier play, but it appeared to people watching that he had a head injury. Um, so then he came back out, played the second half, and now the NFLPA is, is looking into it. So I know you've done a lot of you know work on NFL safety and head injuries and things like that. So what what did you see on that? Well, what do you so think of from, it? From a player's standpoint, now I do come from the era where they literally put fingers up, and if you were close, you went back in the game. And I'm not <laughs> bullshitting you. I mean, you just I believe you took, you. <laughs> you took a couple last when you went in. And you know what? We wanted to go back in. So – the best rule for the NFL or for sports, for, for contact sports, is don't make it the player's decision. Because a lot of times that's what they do. How do you feel? I feel fine. I'm ready to go. You have to take the player out of it. 
and you have to take his helmet away if you don't think he can go in, and that's why they have independent doctors there. So there's a couple of ways I look at it here. If I was a playing today, and, and Tua smacked the back of his head on the turf, there's no doubt about it, and then I stumbled, um, and I could get away with saying, oh, I stumbled because my back locked up, that's exactly what I would do. I would say some other reason other than my head is the reason that I stumbled to try and pull that off. Now, you shouldn't be able to because there are a battery of tests that you have to go through. For those that don't know, there are tests on the sideline that you have to go through. And if you don't pass those tests, you go into the locker room. Or you could just go directly into the locker room and do those tests as well. And if you pass them, then enough, there's a whole list of them that I won't bore you with, but understand, if you pass them, you are allowed to go back and play, which is exactly what happened here. And the player really isn't supposed to have a lot of input in that. So if he truly did pass all those tests, uh, and it was his back, which I don't know, again, players will say a lot to get on the field, um, then, but... I know that the rules now and that what he has to pass to get back on the field. And these, again, are independent doctors. And if he can pass these tests and get back on the field, then I'm cool with it. But I also understand the union wanting to get involved to say, we just want to make sure the process was followed correctly, you know, before one of our, you know, people went back on the field. Mm -hmm. So I I can see it from both sides uh, in this, but, to get back on the on the field, you gotta. There, there's a number of things that you have to be able to do that he obviously was able to do. So um, there, there's so much safety in the league right now. Protocols that they have put to my standard sometimes sometimes too much. Sometimes they call things too quickly, but I get it because we're in a real safety era right now. So I don't really have a problem. That, to me, it just says he must have passed it because some of those. You look at, listen, if a guy gets hit in the head and he gets up and he's stumbling around like a boxer who just took a hard red cross, it's hard to think he's ever going back in the game. Mm-hmm. So when you saw him stumble, the first thing I thought of was, oh, he's done. Right. You know, he's not going back in the game. So I, I, I much, so that's their information. Now they're going to have to show all that to the union if the union is going to file the grievance and want to know the process and everything. So we'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see. But all I'll say is, to get back out on the field, you do have to pass a battery of tests. Right. I mean, optically, it definitely looked really scary, I think, for, yeah. for anyone watching. But the PA is just going to find out, did they follow the rules? Did they do all those tests? Did they the independent neurologist you know, sign off on it? If everything went by you know, the book, then there's, there's nothing to see here, but optically we, we have to look into it because what everyone saw on their TV was this guy could barely stand up. And then all of a sudden he was back in the game. So yeah, I'm with you as long as they followed the rules and, and didn't put him at risk and, you know, everything was, was by the book, then maybe it was just his back. It just, it looked pretty sketchy and that's why, that's why the NFLPA is looking into it. But aside from that, Mike, uh, the butt punt was, I think the play of the weekend. Have you ever seen a play like that, other than maybe the butt fumble, the Mark Sanchez butt fumble? I, I have seen uh, field goal kickers kick the ball into the back of their offensive linemen. I have seen that. Uh, I have not seen the kick into the butt 
Now, again, the punter was in the end zone, so sometimes your operation becomes shorter. And then if your personal protector backs up at all, you're closing that space. And then next thing you know, you have a football going up your ass. You know, that can, can be a tough call. Uh, and what a picture that's floating around everywhere. It's just, it's just amazing. But, no, I've seen kickers do it, like I said, into their own players on the field goal team because I've been out there on the field goal team. I never had a ball kicked into me, but I've heard it. You hear that double thud, the ball kicking – uh, the, the foot kicking the ball and then the ball hitting something. And at times it's been the back of, of our offensive linemen who are protecting. But uh, do you, do you, uh, so there's two undefeateds. There's Miami and there's Philadelphia. Do you, yeah. are you, because I'm hearing a lot of people saying, I still think Buffalo is better than Miami. I still think uh, the, the Ravens are better than Miami. I still think Kansas City is better than Miami. Are you buying into Miami down there? I think Miami's really good. I, I don't know if I'm like anointing them the best team in the AFC. I think Kansas City had a little bit of bad luck this weekend, losing to the Colts with special teams. You know, their, their all-pro special teams kicker is, is out for a few weeks. Uh, he got hurt in week one. I thought they had some bad calls go their way. I still think Kansas City's really good. And, you know, they had a muffed punt, too. Like, that kind of swung the game for them. But... Um, I, I also think Buffalo's really good. Uh, they were playing, you know, they're they're a little short in the secondary right now with injuries. They were playing oh, yeah. a couple rookies back had, there against Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. <laughs> they had five defensive starters out. They had a yeah. few different old linemen in there as well. But you play with who you got, so you got to right. give Miami credit for course, it. And now, yeah. and now they're playing. You know, they're going to play the oh nobody believes in this card. I right. hope the fans are digging it down there because. I've said this before. When I was there in 93, we were 9-2. and two. We had the best record in football, and we couldn't sell out the stadium. The wow. apathy w- was embarrassing down there, so Mike, I don't know if it's say, any better. Let's just say there were more fans at the Dolphins game this weekend than the Miami Hurricanes game. Uh, it seemed like there was a, an impressive atmosphere, and there were also a lot of Bills fans in town. And I think what Ken Dorsey did may have just, like, pumped up those fans for the rest of the year. Because, like, when you see that clip of him in the offensive coordinator's box trying to, like, break his tablet in half. Yeah. I mean, if you're a fan, like, you you love that, right? You're like, wow, these coaches really, really care about this team. Like, they're going to get shit together. Or or do you see that and you're like, oh, my God, this team's a dumpster fire. Because for me, like, I think I would be like, wow, like, so you like it? I was going to say because awesome. yeah. because we we saw Tommy Reese have his moment, yeah. you know, yelling yelling at Drew Pine. We saw Dorsey throwing everything he could get his hands. If you didn't see it, you can find it. I'm sure on online on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, Dorsey just throwing Ken Dorsey, the OC, just throwing shit everywhere. But you better not throw the the pad anymore because the league said they're going to start <laughs> to find people after the uh, the the Tom, Tom Brady last week. Yeah, throwing his shit like a baseball. Uh, that they're going to start finding it. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with uh, there's so much up in the, the emotion of the moment that and cameras are everywhere. And, and Dorsey said he's going to try and learn from it, you know, and nobody wants to get on, on caught on camera doing that. But I, I personally don't have a problem because people yeah. are always like when I was doing uh, shows every day and there were fights on the sideline or coaches and players yelling or players yelling, people would be like, oh, I'd be like, that doesn't mean shit. It's yeah. it's the moment, the emotion of the moment. Everybody gets fired up, and then you put it aside. Well, also, like, no, he wasn't like hurting anyone or berating anyone or being like, you know, it, like right. there was, the only victim was his stack of papers and the Microsoft right, exactly. Surface tablet. Um, and, and honestly, like, 
the NFL and Microsoft should love how much attention this product is getting on sidelines. Like they should be actively endorsing players and coaches, throwing them around because it's the most anyone's ever talked about this stupid, you know, iPad competitor in the history of any sport or anything. Well, really. It's a great what what they should be doing is have somebody pick up the iPad and put it in front of a camera and go, see, it still works. It takes a <laughs> lick and it keeps on ticking. The old watch commercial, uh, do that. Apparently, Tom Tom Brady's excuse was that like he couldn't, his password wasn't working or something, and that's why he threw his. Did you see? Oh that? please! I mean, just to, I mean, just admit you were you were freaking hot, man. So what? I mean, but it does seem like something that would frustrate you, Mike, like trying to open your, your quick time on your computer and it's not listen, showing up. And Listen, uh, Jess, you are right. I get my kids and wife get so – they just laugh at me. My my lack of patience with anything electronic is, is – it's embarrassing. I should, I should be more patient, but it's embarrassing. I got one more thing I want to ask you before we go. All right. This, also, this happened after, again, uh, um, the uh, – uh, the game that I was doing, it was um, San Francisco and, why am I, geez, I just, just did it two days ago, San Fran and Denver. Denver, yeah. I was in Denver doing that game. And after the game, there was a clip. Uh, D- Denver ends up coming back and winning that game 11-10. to 10. By the way, only the second time in the history of the NFL, the scores ended 11-10. to 10. I think the other time was in 2007 or something like that. But after the game, there was Jimmy G going across and shaking right. hands with one of the one of the players from Denver, and Jimmy G was smiling, and they were both smiling, hugged one another, and uh, 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 there's the people again. Oh, I can't stand this. I am so sick of that shit. <laughs> I'm so sick of people. Uh, the, the, these this is what their job is. They play this game. They put all the right. work in for the week. You believe me, he's bummed about the loss. But there are people that you know, people that you see, that you get to see, that you don't get to see a lot, that you see them there. This is what happens, man. And I hate to tell you all, but everybody thinks they should hate and not talk before the game. You should see the people before the game talking to one another and (laughs) hugging one another on the field. It happens all the time. After the game, there are players swapping jerseys and signing them. It happens. And for anybody to get mad at that, man, just freaking stop it. Just stop it. If you think they don't care, you're full of shit. They care. They care. But in that moment, doesn't mean they got to throw shit like Ken Dorsey did and run (laughs) off the field and not shake hands with anybody or say hi to anybody. I can't stand that, Jess. Does it affect you at all? Mike, I remember when I was like 12 years old and I found out that the players on the Steelers didn't actually hate the players on the Ravens as much (laughs) as I did. And I was devastated. But then I grew up and realized that this is a game that we watch on TV and these are professional athletes and they have lives and relationships and most of them, you know, don't grow up with the same sports fan brain that the people watching do. And yeah, I think that that was so just goofy. Uh, I can't believe anyone would get upset at it. I, I truly wonder, uh, would you would you rather Jimmy G be like performatively angry after a game? Because I I think we're in the era where we like authenticity from players that we watch, and if he's just like that kind of guy where 
He's excited to see his friend after a game. I think that like it's fine that we see it. Who who gives a shit, Mike? Like it's oh my so God. goofy. But yeah, I'm and, with you. It's very very goofy. And listen, there are some players that that don't go shake hands that just go off the field, and that's fine if they want to oh, do they, that. But they, you get criticized for that too. Like oh if you, sure you do. Go shake field, hands. All yeah. of a sudden you're unsportsmanlike. There, it's a yeah. lose lose situation. No matter what you yeah. do, you're getting scrutinized for it. Absolutely is. And by the way, all the all the fans out there that that criticize them, the Players don't care. They don't care that you're <laughs> right. criticizing them. They're going to continue to do what they do. They'll cry into their multi-million dollar, yeah. you know, salaries. Yeah. Oh, fine. but I, that just aggravates me so much that the guys are just going to say hi and smiling and giving a hug to someone they know. So what? Oh, my God. That just, <laughs> I, just I just had to get that one off my chest because that just aggravates the living hell out of me. So, all right, Jess, what, uh, what, what, what do you got planned? Anything uh, planned for the rest of the week? We, we baking? We doing anything like that? We are baking. I, I baked this morning. Um, you know, it's, there's not going to be a lot of activities outdoors happening this week right. down here in South Florida. So I, I baked a little chocolate pumpkin loaf. I, I was um, going to say, got to be good. 90% of the things you make during this month and next month are going to be pumpkin related, right. correct? Yeah, Mike, actually, I have an idea for what I'm going to bake for you when I see you in two weeks at the Golik and Smitty live show at Aurora right. on October 14th at 7.30. Um, I won't say what it is, but I will let you know it is something that you've probably had a lot of while living in the Northeast in the fall. Oh, so I'm so, so looking forward to that. Again, what Jess is talking about, the, the Stanford game is October 15th at Notre Dame. The 14th, her and I are doing a live show at O'Rourke's, which is right across the street from campus. So, Anybody in for the game, more than welcome. The the, the uh, pep rally is usually at 6 o'clock, so we're going to let the pep rally happen and be over, and then everybody get ready to party, uh, and then we'll do a live show. We still are waiting to find out if we're allowed to drink during this live show. I hope we are. Of course, well, we're maybe, not going to be able maybe, to. Maybe afterwards you can wash down this delicious treat with a Guinness because we are presented uh, by Guinness. Oh, there will be there will be Guinness drunk, drank, drunk, drinking. <laughs> I'll be consuming Guinness. Let's mm -hmm. put it that way. Yeah. All right. Good good one with your Notre Dame degree right there. Shut up, Jess. I'll see you next week, Mike. See you. All right. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.